Hi, this is Joel Knox from the Vineyard Church of Brenham. I want to thank you for dropping by and listening to our podcast. You know, it's a free podcast, and it always will be. But if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our website, vineyardbrenham.org, and click on our donations page. We'd appreciate it very much. So thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Our motto is, with all good things come struggle, because there has never been anything in our life that has been so easy and just worked out. And it might be like that for you, and that is awesome, Uh, but not for us. Um, Lane and I naturally work really well together. I have a strong desire to be a good wife um, and, you know, take care of him and him take care of me. And we work really, really well together. That doesn't mean that I always like him. He once bought a boat on my birthday, which is now for sale. So if you need a boat, come talk to me after. Don't talk to him. Um, but there's a couple things that we do to stay connected and to stay as one. I told you I was going to sell your boat today, baby. Those are two totally different things, but that is what helps us stay connected the most. Um, Again, with all these things, not all the time. I mean, for us, it's not possible to always be connected to all four of these topics in our life at every single second of the day. Um, But for us, quality time is so important. Quality versus quantity time. We're more of activity kind of people versus things people, so we don't spend a lot of time and money on, like, if we don't have internet or cable or Netflix or, you know, the nicest clothes, this dress is, like, six years old and has a hole in it. Um, but we do get to go on a lot of trips, whether it's just things to the park or finding a cheap ticket for a getaway um, on Southwest for the weekend. We like to do adventurous things, and that quality time together is really great because we get to do something new together, something adventurous, and, and make a memory. So that's really cool. But also, at the same time, time apart is really important to us, which sounds kind of crazy. But um, when we have time apart, I'm able to work on myself. And when I can be a better person, then I can be a better wife to him. And also, it gives me time to miss him and think about him and want to hold his hand and not want to strangle him every second of the day. So, um, you know, like, he can be very extreme, so, which I can too. So. But yeah, so with those are my two my two uh, uh, points on on staying connected as a married couple. There's so many times when we'll lay in bed at night and say, I mean, there's so many times where I'm like, I don't feel connected to you. I don't. don't, We're not even on the same level. I don't even know what you're talking about. You want to buy a Hummer right now, but we're trying to pay off this. I don't understand what you're saying. So you know, there's a lot of times when we don't feel connected. But those are two points that really help your relationship stay connected. Um, next is business owners. I mean, that's like a whole other marriage being a business owner. And um, my goodness. <clears throat> but same thing. You know, I have a natural drive. He owns a powder coating shop and I own two dance studios. And I have a natural drive for what I do. Um, it's not always like that. You might be in a job where you're completely miserable or it's not something that you want to do or it's not where you see yourself. I feel like I have a dream job, so I'm so thankful for that. But I have not always had a dream job. I have had terrible, terrible jobs that put me through college. And, um, oh, my goodness, terrible jobs. So my point to you about if you are in a place where you have a terrible, terrible job and you're not happy and you don't see yourself where you want to be, you don't feel connected to your job, um, there's two things I have to say about that. One, you've got to get on the grind. You've got to figure out your goal, figure out where you want to be, and just work until you get there. Whether it's a different job or a higher place or more respect from your boss, you are the only one who can make that happen. So just do it. 
And two, you always have to find the positives. I worked at a four-wheeler dealership for like four or five years, and there was so much that I hated there. Oh, but there was so much that I found that I loved. You know, I loved connecting with people. That's when I really found out that I loved building relationships. I loved marketing. I loved, and these things at a four-wheeler shop completely have transferred into owning a dance studio, which is kind of weird. Um, but with my business, the way I stay connected in my job is two things. One, always learning professional development. Um, there's great things about always learning and, and wanting to learn more, continue, continuing education. And that is, one, it helps my business grow, which is awesome. And two, it helps me not get burnt out. It helps me want to grow. It helps me want to keep doing it. And it's so cool to see something come to life like that. So I hope that um, with your job or your business or whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're the CEO of a company, um, either way, I hope that you can feel connected in your business because there's so much... Um, in your business and in your relationships, whether it's friendships or, or with your spouse, um, there's so much great things that can come from that. Um, and then being a mommy. Oh my goodness, being a mommy is my favorite thing in my life that I've ever done. And when I love Luke, so my son is 18 months old, and uh, he is the coolest kid in the world. And I love him so much that when they put him on my chest at the hospital, I just thought, Oh my gosh, this is how Jesus feels about me every second of the day. And you know, I still love Luke so much, but not like when they first put your firstborn on your chest. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. But that's how Jesus loves me every day. He wants to swaddle me up, and he loves you that much too. He wants to swaddle us all up and just hug us. And um, so being a mommy has been so great because that has so opened my eyes to that love, that unconditional love. But also with being a mommy, it's a natural drive. I want to do it. I love doing it. But it is hard. Have you ever left your house with a toddler or a baby? You've got to get this and get that. You can't leave them in the car because then you're a bad mom. You can't let them run around because he's getting on the street. You can't do anything. It's as hard as getting your husband to church on time on Sunday, y'all. It's hard. So the other day, Lane and I were deep couch sitting, which doesn't happen with a toddler. And we were watching French reruns. And I'm not saying that you can't deep couched it and watched friends reruns, but Luke came up and was eating a banana. And uh, I was like, oh, this is so great. He's eating a banana. We're watching friends. This is wonderful. He was eating the banana peel, y'all. So I was like, mom, they like turned off the TV. We're not watching TV. We're connecting with our son. He is only, he is only this young one. So I had to choose to stay connected with Luke, to stay connected with my family and not just watch, not that it's bad to watch Friends reruns, but I needed to choose a different time to do that because I want to read Luke's Bible stories at night and I want to get to put him to bed and things like that. So, you know, if you're a mommy and daddy or a grandparent or don't have babies yet, I mean, maybe you're just a, a fur parent, I really encourage you to, to turn off that TV. I was a fur, a fur parent for a long time and I loved that also. Um, Turn off that TV, get connected, go to the park, go play outside, go do something fun. Um, yeah, that's that's that. And then being a Christian, this is my favorite one to talk about out of all of them. Um, I was not, I mean, I've always known, it's been a natural feeling forever that God loves me and, and that I want to know more about him. My family, that was not a thing growing up. Ironically, the only time that I ever got to hear about Jesus Christ was at motorcycle rallies with my name on Paul Paul Bear. You know, Saturday night is the, or Saturday is the poker run, Saturday night is the, um, the dance, and then Sunday you go to church in the little pavilion, it's hot, sometimes people get married during the church service. Um, anyway, 
So that was my only time. And my main mom, she gave me a little Bible that I took home and I would hide because I didn't want my parents to see it. And so that's how I just kind of started learning on my own. And it wasn't until I was in high school with my best friend, Wally, I remember exactly what stoplight we were at. And she was telling me about how if I know Jesus, that he'll always be a friend to me and he'll be my father and he'll always be in my heart and I can talk to him whenever I want. And that was the aha moment. I wanted that so, 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 so bad. Um, You know, again, this is a natural thing for me to want to know Jesus like it probably is for you. But there comes times when there's so much struggle with that. Um, Oh, so much struggle. I mean, there's times when you don't feel connected at all. And I know recently, I haven't told Pastor Billard this yet, but I told my community group, so it might have gotten back to him. But recently I was praying. You know when you feel so unconnected that you can't even find the words to pray? So I just let him listen to my heart for a little bit, for a couple weeks, and then finally I found, I know what I need to pray about. I need to pray to be connected. That's, that's the issue that I'm having right now. And so I prayed, 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 and prayed to be connected. Y'all, that very next Sunday, Next Sunday, y'all, oh my goodness, Pastor Biller came up to me at the end of church and said something along the lines of, Amber, I feel like I should tell you that God told me that y'all are connected, and I also feel like I should tell you that y'all have a strong connection and he hears you. What do you say to that? What do you even say? It's so cool. So, you know, there are struggles with all four of these things that I've talked about. But there's so much good that comes in it when you can look at the big picture and see, I need to be connected. I need to make time for this. I need to put quality time into this and really think about it. So, you know, I encourage all of you uh, to just think about today what you want to be connected with and and what you can do. you got to get on that grind. you got to work for it and make it happen. Um, So anyways, that's all I have to say. I hope I didn't take up all of your time. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was so prepared for this. Uh, Biller texted me the other day. He was like, hey, y'all set for next week. And uh, just to kind of give him a little piece of mind, I didn't text him back. <laughs> but the, the biggest thing that I found is that everybody's journey is a little bit different. So, like with us, it's a struggle. It's, it's highs and lows, highs and lows. Um, but the, the thing about it was that you you have to try and stay connected in some way. And a lot of times what I feel God has done is he's leading you. Kind of like the song this morning saying, you know, you lead me out of all. But it's kind of like a 50-50 deal. You know, he's going to tell you, okay, take a step here, but he's not going to push you over it. You know, he's going to tell you, okay, here's the right stuff to make. And then he's going to expect you to, you know, bring the other half in. So uh, some of that of staying connected is, is you putting out the effort to do it. Uh, and then other times it's just kind of open your heart and let him kind of lead you to the next step. But it, it's it's really kind of a natural thing, and uh, and other things that kind of help it is like with this cost of Mitchell thing coming up. It kind of shakes up where you were. You know, you're you're kind of going to learn something new, and you're going to see something from a different viewpoint. And there's been so many times where we've been in a community group when we hear a Bible verse, and it's like you study it, and it's like, man, that's something totally different than what I thought it meant when the last time I studied. So you, there's a lot more in what you think you already know. And so things like uh, Cost Mitchell and community groups really help you a lot to understand that and go forward with it. And uh, I think it's really important, but uh, just kind of go natural with this. He's going to be there. He's going to, he knows how you work. He puts you together. So 
he knows how to drive you around. So you just kind of kind of let him drive around, but also you need to put a little effort into it too. And you'll be surprised where it takes you. That's all I got. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I think a common thought you got going through that is all of those take effort, right? And uh, I think we all know that nothing really changes without effort. And that's how you stop that is training for the child, right? Uh, learning to teach people to put their toys up after they get done. It's all an effort, right? If not, life can become more and more chaos. And I want to share with you uh, this, these few scriptures because I believe with all my heart the kingdom of God is only built through effort. And it doesn't just take place. Without effort, everything just goes every direction. God holds things together, but in life there is so many things going a lot of different directions. Some people have said to me, well, you know, I just want to wait and kind of see if this transition works. And then I'm going to jump in. Well, what are they saying? They're saying, I, I, if transition works means I've got to jump in, right? I've got to jump in and help make it happen. If I'm going to hang back, then, then nobody's going to help it happen. So as we move forward, it's all of us doing our part to make transition happen, to make the kingdom of God be built, and it's putting ourselves into it, not hanging back saying, I wonder if it's going to work. Just looking at something, energy will take over and it will be chaos. Can you imagine uh, keeping that thought that I've been going with called a team? Can you imagine a football team lining up? No. One, the end's looking out that way, talking to somebody on the bleachers. And then the quarterback, he's trying to figure out if this is the right football. And then the linemen are kind of talking to one another. And then some of them are actually over getting some water. And they're getting ready to have a play. I don't know about you, but they probably won't make it to the Super Bowl. You think? Come on. I mean, you, you don't believe they'll make it, right? You know why? Because they're not together. They're not focused. They're not all trying to make it happen. What's happening there, they're just letting chaos rule. And so I want to keep this theme going throughout the transition time because I think all of us need to, um, uh, we need to realize that God wants to do something and we have to, you might say, put our heart into it. Now we have some scriptures for you and the concept is simply this, be devoted to one another. How do you overcome synergy? How do you overcome discord? How do you overcome a division? How do you overcome failure? How do you overcome all those things? It's really tied to the word devoted. She talked about it. He talked about it in their marriage. They were devoted to it. They, they recognized certain things happening and they devoted themselves. In the church, it's the same way. But I want to take that a little bit further along in your thoughts this morning. Be devoted to one another in love. 
Then he tells you these different things that you need to think about. Then honor one another above yourself. That's how you're devoted to one another in love. You honor one another above yourselves. I always want to say, name the last time you did that. That's how you're devoted to one another. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful and whole, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Simply put, the devoted concept here, the devoted to who? Devoted to one another in love. There is no power on earth that can stop that power in us. If we're devoted to something, if we love something, we will push through. Marriages will make it. Businesses will be created. Life will go on because why? We're devoted. We push through. In the kingdom of God, of course, that's, that's pushing towards Jesus, of course. See, we're making a decision in our life, like it or not. We make a decision every day of the week, every moment of our day, if the kingdom of God is going to be successful or a failure. We make a decision all the time if something is going to take place or not take place. It's all a part of what we do. Not what we don't do, but what we do. We move forward to accomplish that task. The struggle against entropy. In Acts 2.42, I'm going to give you quite a few scriptures. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread in prayer. Can you see a few uh, situations there that kind of bring them together? Not apart. They devoted themselves, first of all, to the apostles' teaching. But they didn't just study the word. They studied it as a unit, as a group. They, uh, the apostles' teaching, they devoted to their and to fellowship, and they ate together. Now, there's some people I know, they don't cook very well, so it's going to be a little hard to eat with them. But people that do cook good, I love to eat with them, don't you? Be devoted to one another, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. What do you think is happening right there? There is power being generated. There is unity being generated. They're going to accomplish something. It's like a husband and wife that are single-minded, single-focused. They're going to work together. They're going to get it done. It's like a team that says, we are going to do our best together. It's everybody getting involved. That's what synergy is all about. We must fight against that entropy. We must somehow stop it. How do we stop it? We devote ourselves to the opposite. I don't know about you, but my wife and I have had a few arguments. She was always wrong. I was always right. Over the years, I've realized that's a total lie. I'm probably never right. And she is always right. But you know, as I saw her not being able to walk too good this morning, there was so much love in my heart for her. It was just like, wow, I can be here for her at this point. You know why? Because we've been building a life together all these years, and there is such a oneness there. The kingdom of God is nothing less than a bunch of people that begin to say, we want the kingdom of God, and we're devoted to that kingdom. They devoted themselves. A new command I give you. Now, John, uh, John is giving us this scripture, but it's the words of Jesus Christ. He says, I give you a new command. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I love that phrase. I'm not on the law, I'm under grace. That means I can do anything I want to. That means there's no control over me. I can do anything. No, it doesn't, does it? Here's the, here's the command from, from Jesus. I give you a new command. Yeah, the Ten Commandments, you may not think about it much, but let me talk about how to fulfill those Ten Commandments. I'll give you a new command. He says, I give you, this commandment is love one another. How should you love one another? As I have loved you. I don't know about you, but I don't like that concept. That concept is a hard concept, except when people are doing it to me. But that's a hard concept. Love one another as I have what? Loved you. So you must love one another. It seems like he repeated himself a little bit. There. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, or you will know that you're not my disciples. How do we know it? By this devoted love. Kind of a heavy concept, isn't it? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples or you're not my disciples. If you love one another, you, will, you are showing real love if you love one another. I find this one of the hardest concepts in the world. I find it is the most, is the most wonderful concept when I fulfill it. I find it one of the most hard things in the world to do is to love people. And so most of the time, I just say, well, you know, I'm not really a sociable guy. I'm an introvert. I don't know. God never has seemed to say, that's right. You can't love people very well, Miller. You're not a people person. But, you know, that doesn't seem to make my heart feel good. But over the years, God has seemed to say, you've got to push past your personality. I can care less that you're an introvert. Now go love people. And I think God is still saying that to me. He's saying, this is the command, Billard. It's, it's not a foo-foo thing. It, it's not a, a mushy thing. It, it's not a do it or not do it, love people. Now, I don't know about you, but I find some people that are rather hard to love. Like you. I mean, no, like some of you. Aren't you that way? Don't you find people hard to love sometimes? Diet's hard to love sometimes. I'm a little bit hard to love sometimes. And you know what? I find it hard to love. What do I find? I find a command. And it says, you got to love. Now, I don't know about you, but you need to start thinking about that because this is going to get worse. This scripture I'm going to give you is going to get worse. It's going to deeper. It's going to dig deeper. And, and, and it's going to hurt more as you go through. So just start saying yes. Just, just start getting in that mode because you're going to need it. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. What is he saying? He said, yeah, you're not under the law. You're called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge your flesh. You see what he's saying? Once again, he's saying right in the middle of it, the commandment is still there. Yeah, you're free. But do not use your freedom to serve yourself. You must keep this commandment. Serve one another humbly in love. For the entire, entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I, I always hate the way Jesus seems to narrow things down. And, it, and it's like, it, he makes it so simple that you've either, you've either got to do it or rebel. It's either you've got to say, okay, you're right. And then you've got to do it. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Do not use this freedom 
Well, I, I find myself using freedom not to obey God a lot. I find that I, I really do sap up a lot of grace. And, and I'm, just, I, I'm just this week, it's begin to say to me, because I'm in this transition, I'm, I'm having a real hard time really staying focused, you know? And when you're not focused, you don't accomplish as much. You're not devoted to it. And, and things can start causing us to just defocus, decommit, de-devote, you know, quit doing those things we should. Now it goes on, now that you have purified yourselves, what does that mean? That means you have looked at your heart, you've looked at your non-loving attitude, you've looked at yourself, now that you've purified yourself by obeying the truth, which is the command to love one another, I'm going to love people. I'm going to love people. So as you have looked at your heart and noticed that you don't have that love and how you start judging people or you're willing to let hurt go on, you don't want to deal with it, all of a sudden you're finding yourself, you're not dealing with your heart. But he says if you deal with your heart, now that you've purified yourselves, obey the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. No more fakeness. Are y'all ready to sign up? Are you ready to say, I'm going to love people? Or are you are you still on the football team and you're supposed to be the end? And you're talking to somebody on the sideline? Or maybe you're supposed to be blocking on the running back. I don't know. Some of you won't make the running back. Maybe the, the sack quarterback. Maybe, maybe you, you know, where are you, what are you doing? The kingdom of God is moving on. This world is not going to stop until it's over. This world is decaying. People are literally going to hell or heaven. Their lives are totally falling apart. Their lives are filled with chaos, pain, hurt. And we have the answer, I think. Right? So somehow we have got to stop the entropy in people's lives. But we have to stop that chaos in our own life first. We have to come to grips with who we are and say, God, I'm no longer going to be filled with this anger and this pain and this, this attitude. I'm not going to be filled with this anymore. I'm going to love. I'm going to really love as I've never loved before. See, once you have purified yourself, all of a sudden you're able to serve and love more. I remember when I first got married, I wanted Diane to be all these things. And I guess she wanted me to be all these things. And so it was a hard time coming this way, right? And as you're with people, it is always that way. It is always hard to come together with one another and to accept but I believe with all my heart the success of the church and our lives is tied to this concept. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Now I'm going to nail this down real close. You can't hardly miss this. Don't come under condemnation, but yes, we must deal with it. We must deal with it in our lives. Dear friend, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves, you need to circle that in your mind, has been born of God. 
and knows God. Everyone who does not love does not know God. You see where the algae is kind of coming in? Yeah, I'm a Christian. I've accepted Jesus Christ. Well, let me, do you love? Do you love people? That, that's the real, real, real test right there. It's not that I, I believe in Jesus. Oh, it does say if you believe in Jesus, then you're going to find that in the Scripture. But what he's saying is, once you believe in Jesus and he comes in your heart, love comes from God. And if God is in your life, he says, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. This is really getting touchy, isn't it? It's like... I'd like to think I'm a Christian because I go to church or I pay my tithes or I, I, I visit somebody in the hospital or no, do I really love or do I just look for the opportunity to say hi and move on or do I really want to put myself in their life is what he's saying. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. John said a lot about this. I think it's because John was such a loving person. He says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. No one has ever seen God. So you really don't know. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But you've never really seen God. So we don't really know everything about him. But he says, if this love is in you, then what has happened? You've seen God. Because that's what he is. He is love. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. How do you know you have seen God? How do you know that Christ is in you? How do you know that you're a Christian? I know that's a hard way to say it right there. He says, you'll know it because I'm in you, so you're full of love. Now what happens, see, is our lives are, are full of love, but yet there's so much this other stuff in there called hate and bitterness and, and attitudes and brokenness and a lot of those are all part of entropy. They're all destroying you. When Jesus comes in your life, he starts stopping all of that. He starts cutting that out, changing that, turning that around, filling this with love. He starts cutting all those things out of our life. So it should be not long before you don't see so much of this bitterness or this anger or this attitude or this laziness or this, you know, that, all, that should be getting out of there because this love is, is God is in there. And he's pushing in, and he's pushing in. And see, if you don't want to change that, then I want to say, uh, that's got to happen. You've got to let God come in and stop the entropy. I'm writing to you a new command. He says, I'm writing you a new command. I was really tickled to see he's talking to a lady here, of course. <laughs> I'm writing you a new command, but one, but one we have had from the beginning. So what John is saying, I, this is not a new command, but I'm going to repeat it to you. He says, but one we had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. He's talking to a church. He's saying, I'm asking that you love one another. Now, this is not a new message, is it? But it is literally a, a new concept every day of your life. And I'm going to close with this scripture here, John 5, 4 through 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone born of God is filled with this love, and you will overcome hate, bitterness, anxiety, fear, doubt. You'll overcome these things because 
when he is in there, it says everyone born of God. You're filled with that love. You're filled with this life that's coming. He says you're going to overcome the world. Now, the closing thought is, are you overcoming the world? Are you overcoming the bitterness in your life or in your home? Are you overcoming the attitude at work? Are you overcoming? Are you overcoming? If you're not, you need to come back to Christ and say, I've got to have more of that love. I've got to have you filled with that love. God is love. And if you love, you love God. If you don't love, he says you don't love God. And so we look at that and say, God, I'm going to deal with that area of my life. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith in what? In Him. It is His love that's going to help us overcome. It is His attitude that's going to bring us through. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I, I was looking across the crowd as I, I was just... Uh, noticing you this morning, and I was thinking, I don't know for sure if there's anybody here that's uh, uh, that's not a Christian. I, mean, I was just kind of wondering if you're not. You know, one, one of the things that uh, that I, I think about it quite a bit is um, I have I have some grandkids. I, I love my grandkids. I, I would do anything I can for them. <laughs> Anytime they ask to come, we we always make a way for them to come. You know why? Because it's my opportunity to love them. Now, I have a two or three that I pray, we pray every night, and we say, God, do not let them be killed or die. Don't let them be destroyed until they find you. Whatever it takes, please. And we, I know you probably shouldn't, but I, I beg God. Last night, I begged him about one of my, my grandkids. And I, I said, God, you, you cannot let this person die. You cannot let anything happen to this person until he finds you. God, you've got to do what you've got to do. I could not make it in heaven without them, Lord. You know why? Because you feel this love. And you know what? That's God loving my grandson. That's, that's God loving my grandson. You know who's loving my grandson? God. Because he is that love in me. Matter of fact, I, when they come to see me, they talk so stupid that many times I want to say, I, I just want to say, do you know what you're saying? You're the dumbest kid. Come on. But they're my grandkids. They can't call them stupid because they're like, you know, they're from the roots, you know what I mean? You know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about hell. I literally believe that the end of all hurt, bitterness, pain, sorrow is headed towards hell. Hell is going to be full of the most miserable people on earth. You don't want to go there. I'm not kidding you. When you realize, just live with somebody miserable for a while. And hurting and mean and honoring. You know, you, you work with someone. You want to get away from there, don't you? That's what hell is going to be full of. Listen, we must help those people. If we love them, just like my grandkid, when I love them, I will cry. I will pray. I will hug them. When they leave, I will tell them, I love you. Please, please try to find a way to open your heart to what God wants to do in your life. Please. We could not stand it if you go to hell. We couldn't make it. We, could, we couldn't live and be happy in heaven. I know they say no more tears. No, I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I don't believe I could ever be happy in heaven if she and him and her are not there. You know why? 
because it's God's love. I just wonder if God could ever be happy if, if we go to hell. I know one thing. I, I just believe with all of my heart that we can stop this entropy, that we can bring it to a stop. We can pray for people and it will stop. God, Satan cannot take them. They, they won't be destroyed. God will preserve them until they can know Jesus Christ. And we can somehow stop the bitterness between us if there is some. We can stop those things in our marriages. We can stop it in its tracks is what I say. We can do it. You know how? By the love of Jesus. It's by the love of Jesus. I don't care what's happening, what pain is out there. That is part of the fallen world. We're part of the new world. Yeah, you're, you're still going to deal with furniture disease. I'm sorry. It's just going to be a part of it. But, you know, literally, I think I slowed it down. I think I slowed down the furniture disease. You know why? Because he gives us more, more confidence to be more controlling. We, we have self-discipline. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And so as I get more of him, then the, the more I want to help people, the more I don't want to die. And I want to take care of myself. And You know, I just believe with all my heart, this kingdom of God is the most wonderful thing in the world. And I just want you to look right there. Who do you know is going to hell? Their life is totally confused, messed up. They're, they're deceived. They're hurting. They're bitter. They're angry. Or they're maybe just living for nothing. They're trying to get it. Just trying to get it. But they don't have it. You know it. They're trying to love something. You not know it. It'll never satisfy them. So I'm crying out to you this morning. If you're going to hell, if you do not know Jesus Christ... If you've never accepted Him in your, in your heart, you need to do it today. You do. You, don't take a chance. I, I don't know you. Some of you have been going here quite a while. I don't know. Do you love? If you don't love, you need to get a deeper fill of it, whatever you got. you got to have it. You need to repent and, and cleanse that spark of your life that's not there. I, I was just thinking repent and turn to Jesus' love. You know, if you're not a happy person, repent. If you're not at peace, repent. If you're, if you're not going the right way in your life and you're finding, you know, repent. Even if you've been a Christian ever since I, you, you know, you can remember, I, you know, I got saved way back there at nine years of age. I've been a Christian a long time, but I've done a lot of repenting. A lot of repenting. You know why? Because I wasn't loving. I, I had this, in, you know, I was a mean little devil. God, He showed me, and I cleansed it. As we stand, as we close, I just can't help but say, I sure want you, if you don't know Jesus, you need to accept Him. Would you stand with me? Would you be willing to let God touch your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual? Would you let Him touch your mind, your heart, your attitude? Would you, would you let him, let him stop that, that area of that's breaking, that area that's, uh, that, that you might say is deteriorating in your life? Would you, would you let him stop the disorder in your life today? Holy Spirit, would you come and would you help us get a hold of this area that we, we're just living with it is what I, I feel in my heart. We're, we're just living with it. Well, I know I just got an attitude problem. No, you got a love problem. I know I, I, but you know I've just always been this way. No, you got a love problem. 
Well, I just, I just can't forgive. You've got to love God. You've got to be filled because love comes from God. So right now in your spirit, just begin to say, Come, Holy Spirit, fill me with this love. Fill me with love. Fill me with life. Fill me with hope. Fill me with love. Love will change everything. Love will change my, my relationships. Love will change what I do. Come, Holy Spirit, right now, fill me with love. Fill me. Just fill me with love. Now, if you haven't accepted Christ, I would just invite you to just step out and just come up front. And if you haven't accepted Christ or you just need to rededicate your life, you, you sense it, you feel it, you feel that tug, uh, that's wanting to purify you, just want to step out and come up front. we got ministry teams that will be coming just real shortly. They'll pray with you. But just boldly step out. Put an end to this entropy. Put an end to this hurt. Put an end to this attitude. Stop it today. Don't go home and carry another weed. Don't go home and cause more problems out there. Get free from it right now. Just step out and receive His filling of love. Come, Holy Spirit. Just come, Holy Spirit. Fill us right now. And ministry teams, if, if some of y'all are here, that, that we send emails to you want to come on up. We just, we, just bless, we just bless people that want to come and put an end to this in their life. They're tired of fighting with it. They're tired of dealing with it. And I grew up when we just sang that song and then we sang it again and no one come. We sang it again and no one came. We sang it again and heck, some of us went up, I think, just so that they quit singing it. <laughs> Sometimes I just say, Holy Spirit, keep coming. Keep putting pressure on us to not stay in this, this, this entropy-type living that we just get by with the hate and the bitterness and, and the, the hurts in our lives. The, the, those are sad things, Lord. We just get by with them. We learn to live with them rather than be filled with your love. Filled. Filled with your love. Just filled with your love. Lord, now just go with us. Go with us into a world that, that, is, that is so wanting to tear us apart. They're so wanting us to pull us back into destruction and hurt and bitterness. They don't want us to overcome with love. And they will test the, the very fiber of our life. But we have you, Jesus. We have you. You have filled us with your love. And we will go now and we will live that love. We will share that love. We will care for others as we go. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you. And if you need prayer, feel free to come up. We'll be hanging around.